Hello, hello. My name is Jordan and I'm your host. And today we have a very, very, very special guest. As you can see, Adrija, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and what you're all about, you can go ahead and do so. Sure. Thanks, Jordan. Hi, everyone. I'm Adrija, a high school senior from India. And I'm into humanities and social sciences. I enjoy reading, writing, journalism, research, and I'm also into public speaking. I am also a period poverty and education inequity activist and period poverty is what we will be talking about today. I guess Jordan will take you through that. So thanks. Yeah. Of course. All right. We're super, super excited to have you. This is going to be a really good episode because y'all, unfortunately, I did. I was not aware of what period poverty even is. So this is going to be a learning moment for me as far as just like researching and learning up on this topic and also just providing you with that research as well if you have never heard of period poverty so yes today we will be talking a little bit about what period poverty actually is if you aren't aware of it and the type of stigmas that come along with it like as far as this type of stigmas around period and just other things in general and we will also just be discussing how period poverty is really severely detrimental to people who do menstruate and lastly we will be covering what we can do in the future to help alleviate this problem and make everyone who menstruates feel safe and comforted and welcome and yeah so before we get into it of course we're going to start with our rose thorn bud and for old listeners you already know what this is but as we're doing our rose thorn bud uh, a rose is a highlight success small win or something positive that has happened within the last week a thorn is a challenge you experienced or something you can use more support with and lastly a bud are some new ideas that have blossomed or something you're looking forward to knowing more about or experiencing so if you want to start us off with Rija you can definitely go ahead The rose would be that my film, my documentary got accepted into two international film festivals, the Home is Distant Shores and the Dirigo 7th International Festival. A thought would be that I'm really, really struggling with my school projects. I hope that I get to get over with them real soon. And the bud is that I got accepted into a research program with ISL and Harvard and I'm really looking forward to that experience. Awesome. I love that. There's so much coming to your future and so many good things to look forward to. I love that. <laughs> um, I guess to start with my rose thorn bud, um, my rose this week has just been to uh, learn to relax more, honestly, because I feel like <laughs> I feel like I have been just like really busy like the last 2021 and 2022 started off just really chaotic and busy so these couple days slash week has just been time to relax and enjoy my free time um yeah but as far as my thorn goes I have been experiencing a lot a lot a lot of hip pain and it's just been ugh, I hate it <laughs> thank you <laughs> I hate it because it feels like I can't do as much but also again it's beneficial because I've just been really busy this year um and lastly a bud is probably this episode <laughs> I'm super excited about this episode it's gonna be a really good one Yay. I love Jordan <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome. So we are just going to start, um, get right into it and talk a little bit about what period poverty is and the type of stigmas around it. So just to give a definition to work off of, we're going to build around this definition and talk more about it. Um, so period poverty is the lack of access to sanitary products, menstrual hygiene, education, toilets, hand washing facilities, and or waste management. And this all can be due to the stigmas that we will be discussing in this episode. So as far as just like the lack of access to period products, do you want to walk us through that a little bit? Uh, yes, sure. So period poverty is something that is very intricately linked with menstrual stigma. Menstrual stigma is when you treat menstruation as something which is a taboo and which cannot be spoken about. Which is why you also come away from buying period products or products that can help with sanitation during your menstruation. So this leads to very, very unhygienic conditions for all menstruators because, you know, just using cloth or any other substitute apart from genuine period products cannot really help you go through that experience in a, a sanitary manner. And also because the stigma, it has put this into people's minds that period products brought from outside are unholy things, which should not be brought into the house. Because of which, menstruators still have to make do with cloth in uh, especially the more rural or economically backward areas of the third of countries like India, where it creates a really big problem for all the menstruators. Right, right, right. And I could not, I, I really do want to address to everybody that I am American and I am very privileged as far as this topic goes. Um, so hearing that people have to either just use cloth or other substitutes like net newspaper or anything like that, it is very, um, it's not something that I can relate to, but I can also empathize with these people because I know that it's not good because I, I've used a substitute like toilet paper and it's like the worst experience so to know that there are people who like continually have to deal with the lack of access to period products like on a continual basis it's not something that's good obviously um just to give a little bit of background around this phenomenon at least seven percent of women and girls that were surveyed relied on old clothes, pieces of blankets, chicken feathers, mud, and newspapers to use as substitutes for, um, you know, their period when it did come on. And as far as 7% goes, that sounds like a really, really small percentage, but 7% can be like thousands of people who are suffering with this. Um, and there is somebody who I was, well, not I was, Thank you to my research team for providing all the research for this episode. <laughs> but um, reading the research, there is an activist about um, who aims to spread awareness about period poverty. And her name is Megha Dese. Do not want to pronounce that wrong. I looked it up before it, beforehand, so apologies if I didn't pronounce that wrong. <laughs> but um, she did share her story about this, saying that she was too embarrassed to ask her uncle to buy sanitary pads and had to use old rags and shirts to manage her period and that just proves that it is a very common phenomenon that a lot of people unfortunately go through 
and we do want to talk about how um, this can also just lead to very poor hygiene and this can also cause like infections or worse things in general um, so we do want to make sure that everybody gets this sort of access to period products um, I know that there is a lot of stigma around um, periods and some sort of you know misguided thoughts about people do you want to talk about those misguided thoughts and beliefs uh, yeah definitely so here i would like to talk about the dichotomy so the main reason for menstrual stigma is that when menstruators are on their monthly cycle they are considered to be impure or polluted so you know the menstrual blood that is something that is considered to be something very very polluted that nobody else can that nobody else should go near so and this is also considered as a punishment for women that you know women only menstruate because um, they did something wrong and god punished them because of it so uh, it used to happen especially in india in the earlier times like say my grandmother or my great grandmother's time when women used to menstruate if they're locked into cow sheds for example or locked in the attic in cold dark wet places with nobody to take care of them locked there for five six days straight as long as their cycle lasts where somebody would just open the door and you know insert the food and the water for them to drink and they had to sleep on the floor so my grandmother's time what she told me when she got married the practice of locking women into cow sheds was not there but that doesn't mean the stigma wasn't there she had to sleep on the floor be it summer be it winter be it rainy season be the floor wet or dry nobody cared about it if you were on your period you have to sleep on the floor or you have to sleep in the cow shed so that is what she went through but fortunately she did not let my mother and my mother's sister go through the same thing uh, which is why i think they also did not continue that practice but yeah i think that is something very very unfortunate and where the dichotomy comes in is that when they are menstruating women are considered impure but if a woman does not menstruate at all still they will be considered impure because you know if if without menstruation reproduction is not possible that is a known fact and that is something that people know and again the patriarchal norms you know the division of labor in society where the role of the primary role of women is considered to be taking care of the home and to give birth to children so if they are not menstruating that means that they are not fertile quote unquote and they cannot give birth to children so because of these strict expectations if a woman does not menstruate then she is impure and when a woman menstruates even then she is impure i think these things are very very unreasonable but they do exist in society right and i cannot believe like just hearing you talk about how oh you're impure if you if you're on your period or if you're not um having your period then you're still impure like there's no sort of like freedom for people who do menstruate and that can lead them to just feel like very isolated very trapped as if everything they do is wrong and really that's why we want to bring awareness to this not only does it cause like physical um harm as far as just like infections and things like that it can also just be very mentally tasking very draining very isolating especially hearing about like um having to sleep in the cow shed or having to sleep in the floor like you're judged because of your body's natural functions and 
it's like I don't know if you've ever had any experience with this I'm gonna ask you actually have you ever had experience or know somebody who has had experience with just like feeling ashamed of their body for menstruating or anything like that um so yes I do know people like that basically as I said because of the stigma there is not much information about it I think we'll talk about it more in more detail later when we come to it but yes because there is not much information people especially young girls or young menstruators when they begin their periods they think that something very scary is happening to them they are not really sure what it is that is going on in their bodies because of which they are scared and it leads to physical stress mental mental health problems as well and yes of course they are ashamed because they think that what abnormal thing is happening to me they don't do not know that these are normal changes that their body will go through during puberty right 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 that's an absolutely awful thing to just be ashamed of something that you cannot control um it's a lot of stress that i can see that can be a cause of that of course um and just to throw some more facts out 71 percent of people don't know what a period is due to period poverty and the stigma around it or 75 percent of bleeders are at risk to infection due to lack of resources and lastly 23 people drop or not people not 23 people but 20 percent of people (laughs) drop out of school after period due to you know that stigma around periods and um you know that uh sort of isolation that we were talking about has caused them to drop out of schools or not engage in daily activities um but just to um, raise more awareness <clears throat> around the subject. There are some dic- documentaries that you really need to watch. I actually need to watch one of these documentaries, but I've already watched one, uh, the other one. But um, Pandora's Box is a really good di- documentary documentary that you should watch about period poverty, as well as on Netflix, actually, there is a film called Period um, End of Sentence. So if you want to learn more about that, you should definitely, definitely, definitely watch the documentaries and do your research, but we will talk about that later on. Um, Yeah, so to get really into the depth of it, just to talk about the um, effects of it, how is period poverty detrimental for menstruators? Sure. So, as I said, it is becoming very difficult. It has become very difficult to emphasize that periods are something very, very normal. Just like you breathe, just like you digest, the same way periods are a bodily phenomenon that happens. It is not something that is coming from Mars, right? It is something that happens as a part of our body. So, I think the fact that this is not being normalized is the main problem and the real reason for it is that this has been embedded in our culture and it has been coming down from generations orally say orally or in written text so um, which is why these issues are very very stigmatized and you know this teaching has been passed down from grandmother Mm -hmm. to mother to child that periods are something that is impure and it is something that you should be ashamed of you know if you're having a period hide from all the men who are around you don't talk about it at all so for example my own personal experience which is something i can say more than 70 percent 70 to 75 percent of indian menstruators will go through in their lifetime i was in grade five when i began menstruating and at that time i had zero idea of what it was 
one of my friends had begun menstruating and all she told me was that you know this is something that you will have every month so be prepared for it obviously she also didn't know about it and what my mother did was she only taught me how to use a sanitary napkin and nothing else i thought that i had contracted some kind of chronic terminal disease and i was not going to live for very long i thought i would die and um, it was only when in grade 8 i had to study about reproduction in my biology book that i actually came to know what menstruation was all about and how it happened that you know there is nothing impure related to it mm-hmm. and the effect it is even more heavily uh, felt in lower income households because yeah uh, till now periods or uh, the period products industry is not something that has received a lot of support so which is why period products can sometimes be costly for people from lower income households to buy so if you if you're not getting to eat for days on it how can you expect such a household to be focused on uh, you know menstrual hygiene right so um it is these effects are felt in lower income households where menstruators do not have access to period products as well um, also where in places where this is more stigmatized women especially are not allowed to go out no matter how important work they have they because they have to hide as i said it is something shameful and you know because of that many people choose to skip school which as we know is very detrimental and this this basically is a big problem it, it can be seen as a hindering of people's dreams and aspirations in fact right 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 <sighs> i don't even have anything to say to that like i'm just absorbing myself and like your story especially i i don't know how they expected um you don't know how to manage your period when that sort of thing wasn't really discussed like you said in grade 5 your friend didn't even know about it and you didn't know about it so no wonder you thought that you were dying or that um this phenomenon wasn't uh, normal at all um and it was especially crazy to me how you said that you only meant uh learn more about it in grade 8 which is like a vast jump from grade 5 to grade 8 um that's crazy <laughs> i remember um even before i had my period that um like me personally that thing was sort of discussed like it will come obviously i didn't know a lot about it but it was a considered a normal phenomenon and i know that in certain places that's not what it's considered to be obviously we're, we're having this conversation <laughs> um, but yeah but as far as just like my own experience as well with um like periods i obviously everybody knows i am non-binary i do go by they he pronouns and um periods have I'm a- talking about Huh? That's just coming to me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um yeah, my experience with periods has been a weird one because, you know, that's what makes everybody a woman and you know, women are seen as birth givers. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about just how LGBTQ people like cope with period poverty or how they're affected. So, if you want to start us off, Sure. So in India especially even though there is a pride movement and people have been working very hard to ensure equality for the LGBTQIA+ community but still especially among the older generations there is no recognition of the community as of yet. So basically you know the connotation is that everyone who is assigned female at birth 
is a woman and a woman has to menstruate that is one side of the spectrum second thing if a person is menstruating that automatically makes them a woman so as we can see both of these have to be very very problematic for example if you do not identify as a woman and you still menstruate as we know that you know sometimes trans people gender diverse people they menstruate even though they might not identify as women so that leads to a lot of stigma around them like for example you were assigned male at birth how can you menstruate you should be ashamed you, you should you know uh, end yourself something like that and on the other hand if if a person was assigned woman at, at birth and does not identify as a woman anymore they will be asked you know why are you not menstruating it is your duty it is your so and so which creates even more stigma around them and makes it even more difficult for them to fight for their rights right mm-hmm. so if if for example you were assigned male at birth and you are menstruating or if you were assigned female at birth and you are not menstruating you will be made an outcast you will be called a holy you will be called um, an aberration something that is not normal and you will be shunned from society like you will literally be put aside and said that you are not fit to be a part of it so all of this creates even more stress and pressure and it leads to social divides or it makes social divides even deeper right but i think that every generation or every individual has a choice for example my grandmother chose to pass on a certain part of what she knew about periods or whatever had been passed down to her about period stigma to my mother my mother passed on a part of it to me but you know i have a choice and i will definitely not choose to tell my future generations that it is something shameful right because right now i know better right now there is more access to information so even though these problems exist i think the choice lies with us about what to leave behind and what to take forward and that is very important for sure that was very inspirational we love that <laughs> love the way you worded that definitely agree with the sentiment um just to dive a little bit more into like how um lgbtq people are you know faced with these issues um people can experience a lot a lot of gender dysphoria for example myself um surrounding their period knowing that a lot of trans people a lot of non-binary people can experience gender dysphoria around their period due to it being a women's issue as i said before it can be again causing a lot of stress on top of period poverty and a lot of people may even face um like safety concerns as far as just menstruating um trans men for example who are seen as men in or male in society um or for my lgbtq people who know pass in society as male um they can also face again a lot of safety issues due to there not being um like disposable areas in men's bathrooms for periods like period products such as tampons pads etc um and that can again be very isolating and very stressful um knowing that periods are not as ex- inclusive as they should be um again everybody menstruates um and lastly pe- trans people who are um more susceptible to living in poverty um than a cisgender person can also be um susceptible to period poverty um as 
Adija said about um, low-income households and how they don't have a lot of access to period products due to, you know, being low-income family from low-income families. Um, the transgender people who are also on the streets are homeless, will not have a lot more access to period projects, products. <laughs> so, again, this issue affects more than women. Everybody menstruates, so we need to be inclusive when we are talking about and trying to eliminate period poverty. Um, <clears throat> this last year, especially, not even last year, 2020 and 2021, um, had obviously we know. We were in the pandemic. We still are in the pandemic, um, unfortunately. It's not solved yet. But <laughs> um, we want to dive a little bit about um, how COVID-19 really affected period poverty as an issue. So, yeah. Sure. So, um, something very interesting here is that COVID-19 actually had kind of an opposite impact on menstrual stigma and period poverty. When it comes to menstrual stigma, there were several organizations which were already working on the issue, but because of all the uh, you know taboo associated with it, they were not able to reach a wider audience. It was more localized. Mm-hmm. But when uh, everything went online during during the pandemic, they also shifted their operations online, which means that now they had access to an even wider audience, which allowed them to raise their voices even more strongly and to empower other people across the country or across the world to raise their voice as well. So this means that, you know, the voice against menstrual stigma was amplified to a large extent during uh, the pandemic. But now coming to period poverty. So especially in countries like India with a large population and developmental problems, uh, the pandemic led to many people losing their jobs, a large segment of the population. The GDP almost went into negative and it did go into negative for a lot of countries. So in that situation, if, if a family does not have access to food, water, cannot go to school, does not have electricity, obviously the last thing that they will be concerned about is period products, right? Mm-hmm. Because as I said, they are considered to be secondary and not really required, which is again not the way to think, not, not the I would say appropriate perspective, but that is how things are. So which is why it increased, it amplified period poverty instead of being able to reduce it. So here we see a dichotomy. On one hand, there is increased awareness about periods, but on the other hand, there is lower use of period products, especially among the underprivileged or the lower income groups. So this was the opposing spectrums that rose. Obviously, there are several organizations like the Period Poverty, which I'm associated with, the Period Movement, which is based in USA, which are already working on the issues, but we do have a very long way to go. For sure, for sure. And I think that uh, the pandemic was like bittersweet in a way because, you know, a lot of people were passing away and everybody was struggling as far as COVID-19 went. But there was also like amplified movement of certain issues such as period poverty or even mental health and things like that. So thank you, pandemic, I guess. But also, no, (laughs) no, you didn't have to do that. But um, yeah, so as to just wrap this up a little bit we're going to talk about um what we can do in the future to or not even just in the future but also presently um to alleviate the stigma around periods and like help alleviate the problem with period poverty so what are some things that you want to leave everybody off with 
secure so as i said you do not always need to do something big or phenomenal quote unquote to be able to make an impact you can start as small as you and your family or you and your friend so firstly recognize that periods are natural and periods are a biological process okay. it is not a choice it is something that happens to you because of the way your bodily functions are structured right so once you recognize that try and encourage open converse a uh, conversation about menstrual stigma and period poverty try to involve as many people as possible do not try to shun away people from people from the other genders like say men or people from lgbtqia plus community they also need to know everybody needs to have awareness for example i have a little brother and i'm going to be the one to say it to him because otherwise nobody will ever so which is why i try and encourage conversations across it and break the cycle if something if stigma is what has been passed down in your family for generations try and move out of it and see the problem as it should be seen um also another thing what you can do when you are ready is to try and get in touch with organizations that are already working on the problem of period poverty and menstrual stigma try and see how you can volunteer to help them out either fundraise or organize educational sessions and this is what we can do but there is also something that the government can do uh so in india especially i do not know about other countries but in india especially period poverty is uh an area which has received little to no attention it has received very little attention so i think what the government can do is number one sponsor campaigns that are already organized by various organizations working on the issue or create their own awareness programs number two what they can do is they can subsidize the period products industry so that it can be made available to people who need it at a lower cost and i think this is something that can really really go a long way in in improving access to period products for sure and also this is something on a more personal level if you have friends uh, who are in a situation say or who are in a country where they really have trouble navigating through their periods or are really where stigma uh, where periods are really stigmatized try and support them uh, try and support them with resources try and support them with awareness uh, just try and support them to get through it and you know whenever you research about this issue or whenever you come across something try and verify the information before you act on it or take any information because as always there are many many fake organizations as well out there who will just take your money as fund thinking and not use it for any good so only go with verified information and verified organizations but yeah i think that you know as long as you are empathetic as long as you are understanding you can definitely definitely make a difference like if we have the will we will have the will. For sure. Love that ending. If you have the will, we will have the way. <laughs> um as far as just like actually um you know, supporting the cause, even you don't even have to do it locally. You can also just be on the internet, you know, spreading the word, having these conversations such as being on a podcast, for example. <laughs> you can, you know, spread awareness. Um use social media as much as you can if you are a person that is actively on social media use hashtags such as period poverty or period positivity love that hashtag um just to spread awareness have that conversation and 
I know that, as you said, the government can definitely, definitely assist more than individual people can. As far as, that's that's with a lot of issues, honestly. Like, how do you expect, like, the general population to fix climate change if you're not making government policies? But anyway, that's a different conversation. Um, yeah, there should be, like, movements, um, as far as, like, government goes to make period projects free and available and accessible to anybody um, around them or having a variety of period products in um, public places like for example I think the only places that I've seen like free period products which is very very rare I rarely see free period products um, they're only tampons so maybe try to have a variety like tampons pads um, I believe there's men <clears throat> menstrual cups as well just having that variety for whatever is comfortable for the person and yeah uh, as Adri just said try to support organizations and charities would you believe that I have never seen free period products except when our organization distributes it I, I would and believe that is it. the reality. I would believe it. I know. Um, man, that is very, very crazy. I even like um, just hearing it saying that you've never seen free period products and knowing that I myself have only seen it like two or three times in my life. It's crazy. Um, that should really be, you know, a basic necessity for everybody. This is a, bi a biological thing that we can't help. So why are these products not free? Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, as far as just like supporting organizations and charities, um, there are many that you can look up and start at. Um, as Adri just said earlier with the Period Society and the Period Movement, <clears throat> there are also other organizations and charities you can support such as Bloody Good Period, which is a very bold name and I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, and there's also the Red Box Project and Action Aid. And yeah, if you want to go ahead and support those colleges and promote their message, that'd be great. Um, did you want to say something? Or? Uh, just that um, if you're passionate about something, do not let anything stop you. Do not let stigma around you stop you. Do not let people around you stop you. When I actually realized what periods were all about, I understood how repressed and stigmatized menstruators were in our society. And I knew that I wanted to raise my voice against it, so I went ahead and do it. Yes, you will face opposition, but never let that opposition stop you. If you really want to do it, you will be able to find a way. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can advocate for any cause at any age. You don't have to be like, you don't have, just because you're 14 doesn't mean you can't advocate for these, um, uh, you know, these issues. So yeah, don't let anything stop you. And if you're passionate about something, again, advocate for it. You are helping many, many people by spreading the word and spreading awareness and starting the conversation. So yeah. Um, anything, anything like you want to say before we close out this episode for good? Uh, just that whoever is listening to this today, if you are inspired, just as uh, Jordan said, as a, as a follow-up or something, as a call to action, please try and support organizations if you can just by sharing a post on your story maybe or using one of the hashtags mentioned earlier. Trust me, one hashtag you use can help 10 menstruators who are being repressed out there. Believe that every action of yours can be powerful and it actually is. Thank you so much. Of course. <laughs> Love that. That was very powerful. Um, 
just to close out this episode we do have a website our website is bloompod.wixsite.com slash rorg and you can find us on instagram tiktok and facebook all at foreverbloomingorg and tick twitter at foreverbloomorg um adrija do you ever or do you have any social media handles that you want to share yeah sure uh if you wish to you can follow me on instagram at adrija underscore jana 2004 all in uh, lowercase awesome 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 and the research and transcript for this episode is on our website please do check out our research because it is very very valuable for you to learn more about this issue um our podcast guest form is in our episode section if you want to be on forever blooming as well as our audience spotlight um if you want to have advice featured in one of our episodes and our email is management at foreverbloompod.org let us know your thoughts questions comments um because we love hearing from you um be sure to check out fborg.card.co that is card with two r's for all of our easy accessible links and make sure to like comment subscribe and rate us on spotify and share with your friends if you enjoyed with this episode please share with your friends this is a very valuable episode (laughs) everybody needs to know about this um and lastly please have a great day afternoon or night whenever you're listening to this thanks for tuning in (laughs) 